everyone, this is Kate McGaw, founder and CEO of Arclight Agile. I'm a certified Scrum trainer and I'm passionate about training leadership agility. And welcome to our podcast. And I'm Ryan Smith. I'm a certified Scrum master and a certified product owner. And our topic today is not everything is a user story. So it seems like so many people out there just have epics, user stories, bugs. That's it. Those are the ticket types. Those are the buckets that we've got in Scrum. I think you and I disagree with that philosophy. And why do we, where do we think that philosophy comes from? I think it's interesting because the the Agile Manifesto talks about individuals and interactions over processes and tools. And I, I feel that the tools dictate how we label things in our scrum teams. So I, I, I feel that a lot of this sort of heads back to when the first tool kicked off with the team, that is what we called everything. And now every tool since then has needs to have these different things. And, and more recently, we've now got features and things added as well. So we've got a whole, whole different slew of things. But to me, a, a user story is um, a piece of functionality that we are adding effectively for a client. It's written in terms of the end user as a I want so that. So it's, and, and it's a, I mean, you and I were mentioning this earlier. User stories are not part of Core Scrum. They actually came from extreme programming from XP, but the format is good because it allows. Um, us to think in terms of the end user. It allows the developers and testers to think, well, what is the user actually going to use it for? It's the who, the what, and the why. And I think just to check in on a couple of definitions, to, to me, an, an epic is a giant user story. It's something that cannot be included within one sprint worth of work. So again, a lot of people will... Um, think that epics are synonymous with features. But to, to me, it's basically something that is too big to fit within the sprint. And if I go in and working with a client and say, oh, yes, we have 400 user stories. Well, no, they have 400 tasks, but they're written at such a granular level that they have user stories that that are, are a task of, of update the copyright or something like that, which is to me not a user story. A user story is something that is going to add value to our product. It's written by the product owner working with the stakeholders, and it's it's generally written in the the sort of as a I want so that format. But it, it it's certainly interesting. And then the the other thing that. We talk about that I may have user stories in my backlog. I may have epics, although I don't pull an epic into my sprint. By the time I work it, it's been broken down into user stories. I may have bugs, but I also may have spikes, which are, are a block of time that are put in the backlog to eliminate business or technical risk. So um, it, it's one of the things that I like to coach teams around is if you are putting a spike in the backlog to, for example, research a new deployment tool or something like that, the output of that spike needs to be a user story that we can pull into a future sprint. It's not just a block of hours set aside. Okay, yeah, I want because I want to drill in. So, so yeah. we've got we've talked about epics. 
user stories, bugs, obviously they're a mm-hmm. real thing. So now you've gotten to spikes. Mm-hmm. Are you the spike? Now, does it live in the sprint or this is purely a creature of the backlog? To me, it, it is something we are pulling into the sprint. So right. as, as the team is planning in sprint planning for the upcoming sprint, yes, these are the stories that we feel we can get done. Um, we need a spike to research something for a future sprint. So, and it, it's it's one of the things is, to me, a design task is not a spike. To me, Agreed. any high level design and things like that should be done as part of the story. Um, a spike is something that will allow us to eliminate risk. And the, as I said, the output of a block of work, a spike, is future work in, in the format of user stories. See, for me, when I came up, when I first became aware of the concept of the spike, it was very much, we're going to integrate with this third party bizarre voice or any of these third party applications. We're going to integrate with them. Here's a spike. Go and read their documentation. Make sure that it will play nicely with our systems. See if there's any issues. That for me was a spike. It's that sort of third party work. And then I think when I came under your thrall and we were talking about sort of, you introduced me like, here's, I'd been aware of user stories, but it was when I really started getting deep into Scrum, you know, investigation was part of the user story. We know we can accomplish this. We're not sure how we're going to do it. We bake that into our user story. That's different because I I meet teams that they want to spike. Why? I'm not sure how I'm going to do this spike. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that spike. It's like, whoa, that's just part of doing the work. Yeah. So I I think a lot of people, I I like to keep a nice clean, like the spike, I agree with you. The output will be a story based on how we eliminated the risks and the research that we did. Maybe we identified dependencies, maybe we, whatever it was, then the output is a story, but it was this sort of independent thing that we time boxed, said, we're going to spend two days on this spike. But I meet people all the time who are like, should I make this a story? And you're like, no, close the spike, new story. Yeah, yeah. Let's move forward. Okay, so we've got epics, we've got stories, we've got bugs, we've got spikes. What other sort of ticket types do you like? Um, I mean, the, the, the other thing that I remind people is items in the backlog do not need to be written as stories. I mean, if we are migrating something from software from one service to the other, I mean, or one server to the other, it's not a task because it's a, a large chunk of work, but it doesn't need to be written as a user story. User stories work when there are things that we're right, we're thinking about from the point of view of the end user. But the backlog could just have items that need done. This is this is a, a product. I mean, the, the product backlog, when we talk about items in the product backlog, we're talking about PBIs, product backlog items. People, again, synonymously think product backlog is user stories. No, right. it's, it's anything that the team is going to be working on. It's but bugs it, and defects. Everything is coming through the one list through the product backlog. But, you know, people, again, we're using these tools, whether you're using Jira or I don't know, planning board or Rike or something, we have these tickets that we're electronically yeah. tracking through a system. So we got to put it in a container. 
Yeah. And I, like a user story to me, says a very specific thing. I agree with you completely as a, I want so that. Now I'm agnostic as to whether you put Gherkin or you put acceptance criteria, you know, the three or four simple ones that mm-hmm. I leave up to the team. That's, yeah. I think that's a team decision. Don't mess with the user story. What you do with acceptance criteria, I'm going to work with the team. We'll figure out some things, but we need to put these PBIs in some kind of container. And yeah. you, I think you just said, you don't think that I, I love tasks because mm-hmm. I think that there are some things that are going to change the, the copyright in the footer is my classic task. Like that's not a user story. Or I had one the other day, I found it written as a user story. It was, here's the SVG file, go replace this icon. But where do you put that in the backlog? Because it's not big enough for a user story, but it's it's too small. To me, that type of thing is too small to be included in the backlog because then we end up with a backlog with 500 items in it, which are, are items of things that take 20 minutes or less. So but, could you could you create a, a, a bucket that says ad hoc work for sprint three? Well, that's what um, I think of as tasks, because if, if if the task is like a small thing that can be done within like the day, mm-hmm. right? it's that classic talk out on the web you can find where the professor comes in and he's got a big jar and he puts a bunch of rocks in it. And he says mm-hmm. to the class, is this full? And everybody goes, yeah, it's full. And then he gets some pebbles. Mm-hmm. He puts in the pebbles. Is this full? And everybody goes, yeah. And then he puts in sand. Yeah. And he goes, is this full? And, you know, it goes on. For me, tasks are like the pebbles around the rocks, you know, because they tend to be either like, hey, move this data over from one place to another, discrete bit of work. I got to hit, you know, copy and da, 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 or go and replace this icon with this SVG. Mm -hmm. Those are a lot of one point or two point things that the team can, you know, bust out really quickly. Mm -hmm. And we can take a lot of those little things off the background. It's work that needs to be done. And they're mm-hmm. discrete little items and that they, we can put a lot of quick wins on the board as well. I guess back to your point about then you just have this giant product backlog. Mm-hmm. I'm one of these people who's not afraid of a giant product backlog. That for me is fine. But if I have, you know, nicely in Jira, I've got the nice little task icon, the little blue task icon, and I've got a little set of ones and twos. Mm-hmm. And like, this is like, hey, this is a bunch of, we can take in these 10 little tasks and do a sprint, you know, because back when I was a developer, that would be like a morning for me. I would just bust those out. And yeah, so that's but, why I love a task. And to me, I the 10 little stories there times 15 sprints or 150 items showing up in my product backlog that I'm having to order. Um, and you, you said in Jira. So the tool is driving what you do. So I I I I and I think it's going to be different for everyone but mm-hmm. I mean to me a user story is broken down into the tasks that need to be done to complete that user story. Okay, so, so that's where I use subtasks because in this the story has the subtasks which I don't have QA'd. So mm-hmm. the subtasks don't the subtasks roll up into the story. That's that's the to-do list for the team. You know, okay. like, here's all the, like, here's the front end task, here's a back end task, but they're subtasks of the story. 
Mm-hmm. Tasks for me are sort of at the same level as a user story. You know, they're going to provide value, mm-hmm. but they're discrete little chunks of work that like I can get any you know kid out of high school to do. I know back when I was really a developer and really starting to project manage, I wanted my younger developers to work on cool, exciting things. So I'd come in and I'd just do 20 tasks in the morning, update yeah. this PDF, change this image, you know, change this text on the about us page. Like, but those there aren't part of stories. They're just no, these discrete items. Yeah, they're, they're more maintenance and support yes. than anything. So, I mean, to me, that is a bucket of work mm-hmm. that we pull from if we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and I, I, I sort of, even you and I talking about this have different terminology. Mm-hmm. So, because subtask is something I think, I don't know if it was Jira that introduced it or, or, or where it came Maybe. from. Maybe, yep. At one point, we had user stories and tasks, and now mm-hmm. we have epics and user stories and features and tasks and subtasks. And I think it's just each organization needs to work out how do they go from a vision statement, which is the desired end goal for a product or service, down to the level of being able to deliver the product or service without having too many different levels and a sort of things in between. So if, if and again, this is one of the things, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if your organization works well with tasks and subtasks and epics and user stories, then we tend not to change it. But if I'm going into coach an organization as they're kicking off, I'll say your backlog, your product backlog can have epics in it. But Mm -hmm. as you get close to working items, maybe as you're planning for the next release, those epics are divided up into a number of stories. And the stories are the new features or the enhancements that we're pulling in. But the tasks that we need to do, the small updates and things like that, we put together in a block. I mean, I, I maybe it's, it's, I hate to write the word user story because it's not adding in a lot of cases something for our end user, but it, it's tasks for, uh, it's maintenance and support for Sprint mm-hmm. 3. So for example, maintenance and support for Sprint 3 would have a lot of smaller sub items in it um, or items in it that we could pull down for the team to do. But I think having tasks at the same level as user stories implies the same, I don't know, same importance. Well, I, I just mean that they are, they're under an epic. They may be outside an epic. They may just be yeah. like independent. They 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 could be, I'm also a, one of these people that doesn't believe that everything necessarily belongs in an epic. Yeah. That for me is when management wants clean reports. So yeah. everything needs to roll into an epic that rolls up into the report. It's just like, yeah, but the world doesn't work that way. Yeah. I got, I'm going to have a user story that's just floating out there and it's one thing and it's going to provide value. Mm-hmm. I have 30 little tasks, like you said, maintenance and support that need to get done. Yeah. But they are discrete mm-hmm. and of, you know, of themselves and they don't really fit into these larger epics. Yeah. So there was a point I wanted to come back to it about, oh, oh, this is why I don't, this is one of the reasons, one of the, one of the, one of the things I'm going to say to you to try and convince you the beauty of a task, because if you just have like epics, bugs, user stories, spikes, 
people are going to, I'm going to find people trying to write tasks as user stories. You know, as a website user, I want an updated image on the homepage mm-hmm. or, you know, like as a business person, I want to use this image on the homepage so that people mm-hmm. see, you know, and it's just like, that's a waste of everybody's time. You just tell me you want this new image on the homepage. I mean, yes, we live in an era where everybody has a content management system and they can do that themselves, but you know what I mean? Like these yeah. simple things, update this icon with this one. I don't want to find people writing those as user stories because that's a waste of their time. And the developer, yeah. we're just going to look at each other and be like, why did they do this? Like, why did people not think of this themselves that they don't need to write? And then, then you just get into this. Well, when do I write it as a user story? When don't I write it as a user story? It's just like, it's this thing yeah. over here. It's a task. That's why yeah. I love it. And, and to me, the tasks and the subtask is confusing. So, so to me, if we called tasks crap that needs to get done, and then the tasks were tasks from user stories, then because task implies it's small. To me, a yes. task is something that can be done six to eight hours or less. Yes. Um, but the tasks we're talking, you're, you're talking about may maybe bigger than that. Maybe it's two days. If we, if we need to migrate the server, maybe it's a two day task. Well, it doesn't need to be written as a user story, but it it's not really a task either because it's too too big. How about this? How about this definition? User story. <laughs> We're making this I'm, up. I'm gonna win. If anyone is has is any clearer at the end of this podcast, there's going to be a minor miracle because but we're just is, confusing each other. Okay. No, no, no. I don't think we're confusing each other because let's think about it this way. A user story, I tend to think of it as a new feature, yes. a new thing that is going out in the world that we don't have on the website. Yeah. And it's going to provide value to the end user. That's a user we're, story. We're agreed on that. The task, I think you were right, is maintenance and support. It's those little things that need to happen to the website, but they are done within like a day. And they're things we do all the time. They are repetitive. They're like, they really do not require anything more than here is the copy pasted on the site. Here is the, you know, update the copyright in the footer. Like it's, it's those discrete things that we do again and again and again, but they need to get done. And and I agree. I I they are something. I just have heartache with tasks and subtasks. <laughs> I mean that that's where my that's where my one is a subtask. Exactly. Is a task? How do I define a subtask and a task? So to me, a task is a task is multiple. We will have multiple tasks to complete something. So to me, it's almost. We have ta- that we don't have subtasks. We have user stories and we have tasks that need to be done to complete that story. We have the blah, blah, blah that you're talking about. And then the tasks that need to be done to complete that. Um, or it may just be a one task to one, I don't know, container, whatever we're going to call it for holding all of the things you're talking about, the, the enhancements and things like that. I mean, could we have, I mean, is it is it a bucket of ad hoc work for this sprint? Is it enhancements for this sprint? Right, but they're independent of each other. They're all, each little task is a little independent thing that can go out. So I, okay. I updated the copyright, that can go out. I updated the icon, 
that can go out. And they don't really require, they don't really require QA necessarily. And they may also be a push button thing that don't need to be deployed. Like I went and did this thing in the system that only I as a developer can do, and that's Mm going to automatically go out into the world. So they don't necessarily go through QA and they don't necessarily get deployed, but they're small and independent from each other. So I don't want to put them all in one ticket and be like, here's 20 things to go and do because well, okay. the developer gets to issue 10, gets pulled away to a bigger thing, and then the rest don't get done. It's like, here they all are. And, and the other thing I like about them is they bring visibility to all this kind of work that needs to get done. So when you see them on the PBIs, mm-hmm. the product backlog items, mm-hmm. hey, this is the volume of work you guys are asking for mm-hmm. from us. But yeah. Because we've segmented them into a task, like they get the little blue icon and then they've been sized a one and a two because they're small and independent. We have a better sense of the kind of work we're being asked to do. And I can, again, a lot of times I'm using Jira, I can run a quick report and say, on my product backlog, I've got 30% are bugs, 50% are user stories, and I've got 20% that are tasks. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's an interesting makeup. But yeah. if everything's a user story, it can look bigger to people. Like yeah. the user stories are the rocks and the tasks are the pebbles. Hey, 20% of your backlog are these pebbles. We could- Yeah, so you what know, is your sand? Is your sand your subtasks? No, no. So subtasks for me, and again, maybe this is driven by Jira and I will mm-hmm. admit that. But a subtask is for me simply the to-do list for the team. So they break down a user story, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. hey, back end, you have to write the API. Mm-hmm. Hey, front end, you've got to do three things. So there's one back end subtask and three front end subtasks. And all mm-hmm. they are is a to do list for the team. They're yeah. not going to get QA'd. They can get closed immediately once the work is done, but they help signal to the other members of the team oh, you know, the back end guy did the API. Great. Mm-hmm. Now I can begin my integration. I can mm-hmm. take, you know what I mean? And it's that, it's just a to-do list for people. Yeah. And then when all the subtasks are done, I think this story can move on to QA. So <laughs> we started this <laughs> podcast with, no, what, what was the title of this? Not everything is a user story. Not everything is a user story. And I think we have, have come up with how many new terms for where everything is a product, every, Everything well, our team is working on is a product backlog item, or it's a bug, or it's a defect, or it's a user story, or it's an epic, or it's a spike, or it's a task, or it's a subtask. So that sounds to me like a big pile of acronym soup um, that everyone will use their own terminology for. I think I think the key here is every organization deciding what their terminology is Mm -hmm. and to me it's encouraging people to step back from the tool for a minute Mm -hmm. and make sure the tool supports your terminology rather than the tool dictating what terminology you use but I don't think at the end of this podcast you and I are any closer on agreeing what, and I mean, I, I do see the value. I'll give you that. I do see the value in tasks and subtasks. It's just having the word task in there for those. Two having the word task can be a bit. Yes. So sub story. You can, reword, you can reword it. I'm with you. 
Right. Very good. Well, excellent. Excellent discussion. And it happens all the time. People haven't worked these things out, but I do think for me at the end of the day, it's about identifying the kind of work the team can is on the backlog. So maybe the team can tackle that work a bit more efficiently. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. All right. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future. <laughs>